Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Thursday, the 15th of December. I can't believe it. Rangers are back in action. Cannot wait for tonight, of course, when Hibs come to Ibrox as the Premiership gets back underway. Uh, before we talk all things at Rangers, folks, and there is plenty to talk about, uh, just a reminder of their Christmas offer. You can see the little ticker below, just uh, £1 uh, for two months worth of content. Go and head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And as you can see, the little uh, banner on your screen as well. If you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, that is totally free. Over 10,000 um, uh, subscribers now. So thank you very much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Um, right, Johnny, um, good to have you on uh, this morning. What's the weather like over there? We've been having temperature checks uh, uh, all week. Uh, it's been bitterly cold. Uh, what about where you are right now? So let me check on the machine. What I would say is, it is it's been unbelievably cold. I, now, there's been times in my life where I've been in a really, really cold place. I was in Berlin in February once when it was negative 20, and that was quite something. Um, but I can't remember Scotland being so cold for such a sustained period of time. Uh, I think it was negative 10 up here last night. And not only am I in Glasgow, but I'm, in, I'm at the top of the hill. I'm basically up in sort of Canvas Lang area. And it's it's incredibly deathly cold up here at the moment, Derek. That's all I can yeah. say. The minute you go out, you just feel that that bite on your face, even though you're wrapped up and the rest of your body's okay. Um, it's it, it's serious. I hope everyone's keeping as warm as they can and and not looking too closely at these smart meters of about um yeah 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 just paying gas because Jizo. Oh, I mean, I think I spent twenty three pounds in one day, not yesterday, but the day before. So I, I'm not even contemplating and try to pay that bill when it comes in because it's going yeah. to be absolutely ridiculous that's for yeah. sure yeah I, I bend mine so uh, I, I cannot wait for my bill not um this is uh this is what it's like in, in warrington i'll show you the screen there minus seven here yeah uh down wow. here so uh, that's 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 i think that's pretty tropical compared to minus six up there in glasgow yeah. um utterly incredible if you're heading to ibrooks tonight folks um and michael beale did touch on this in his press conference which i enjoyed uh, he says he hopes to heat the fans up uh, and not have you just sitting on your hands freezing uh, cold. So make sure you wrap up warm anyway, because uh, it's going to be a bitterly cold evening uh, at Ibrox. Uh, be careful tonight. as well on your way to the stadium. Yeah. You know, it's obvious, it sounds like it's condescending, but just be careful when you're driving. Don't don't take any chances, because, geez, oh, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah, it's uh, slippery underfoot. It's like an absolute ice rink uh, out there. So, uh, yeah, take care, guys. Uh, you need to get, get a pair of those uh, 1999 Timpsons uh, to <laughs> use a still game <laughs> phrase. Um, so, yeah, just take extra care if you're heading to the game tonight, folks. Um, right, let's talk uh, football, Johnny, because... Uh, Got to say, I really enjoyed it. The, the two press conferences yesterday, lots of takeaways from uh, Michael Beale and uh, James Tavernier as well. Uh, looking ahead to the match, it was uh, Michael Beale's first pre-match press conference as Rangers manager. Um, I don't know where to start. We'll, we'll kick off with what he touched on at, 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 relatively at, at the beginning. Uh, and it sort of touched on it after the game at the weekend, Johnny, where he said that he should have four options available at centre-back, he said Ben Davis and uh, Connor Goldson will be available for selection. He didn't go as far as saying they'll be in the squad. He then said that it, with the, the, the option to make uh, so many substitutes, it gives them that sort of luxury, if you like, of easing them back in. Um, I think it's, it's terrific news. I don't think they'll start tonight, um, but I think what he suggests there, we may see them at some point 
in the game as they ease them back into the side. But well, it's such a boost, isn't it, at this stage of the season? We were expecting, especially Goldson back in probably January time. So to have him back for this run of games is a, a big bonus. I suspect, um, I'm, I don't know, I'm just guessing, I suspect one of them will start. Wow. And okay. if, if I had to throw myself in front of a train and, and make a, a big, bold statement on it, I think it'll be Ben Davis and yeah. James Sands um, that, that play at the back against Hibs. Um, now, I might be wrong, it might be Conor Goldson and... Um, and Sands, uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be Sands who's who's partnering one of them. Um, but I, I I think there's there's enough reason to believe that he clearly wants to push these two players back to the team. You can completely understand why two top class centre backs, when it comes to Scottish Premiership level, in that context, they will be excellent. I've said this before on the pod, and I'll say it again. I really think Rangers have got a really strong foundation there to support them. As they as they go for glory in, in future years, and that's one of the hardest things you can do. It's already there, and I think you'll want to get those guys in as quickly as possible. So I think one of them will start, and I'm certain that the other will come on at some point in the game, regardless of mm-hmm. what's happening. Because, as you can understand, Michael Beale will want to get them up to speed as quickly as possible. No doubt about that. It might be that. One of them starts and does 60 minutes and one of them comes on for the last 30. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, in my predicted lineups, you can check these out on, on, on the website, folks. Uh, I've went for a Sands-King uh, partnership once again, um, just based on, on what he said. But I would not be surprised to see one uh, of them um, at the back. I think Ben Davis is probably the most likely, given he's not been out for as long um, but who knows, Michael Beale's the one that's going to make that decision, that, that big call at the back. In terms of left-back, Johnny, with, with Bonner, of course, um, there was questions yesterday whether he would come back having been knocked out of the World Cup, but there's this, there's that uh, anomaly where he has to wait and play that that uh, third and fourth place playoff at the weekend um, against what will be Morocco, of course. <coughs> He's going to be unavailable for uh, the game uh, to, well, the game tonight. Uh, Ridvan Yilmaz. Um, we never got an update on him yesterday, but I, I presume he's not going to be available. So I think young Adam Devine again, he did pretty well at the weekend. Uh, no qualms about him starting tonight. Yeah, I think so. Uh, unless he was to spring a surprise and put Ben Davies at left back. But uh, looking at the options that are there, I think Devine starting in the game against Leverkusen is an obvious indicator, even though he did say, Michael Beale, don't take any indications from the the game against yeah, Leverkusen yeah. about the starting lineup against uh, Hibs, yeah. but now nah, looking at those options, mate, I, I do think that Adam Devine is the most sensible person to fill that gap. It's a poor situation with the two main uh, left backs out at the moment, and uh, nothing, nothing Rangers can do. One of them's obviously reached the World Cup uh, third and fourth place playoff, um, and the other is is injured, and the, you know that's just bad luck. So you've got to go down to the the players further down the list and, and Adam Devine, natural right back, but a guy who's capable of playing on the left. And as Mick Beale has, um, has himself said, that's something that under his tenure with Stephen Gerrard previously, um, John Flanagan did to pretty good effect and it offers another sort of tactical option in terms of the ability to come in fields um, and, and just allows slightly different options there. So I, I I'm totally comfortable with Adam Devine playing there. Hibs will obviously look to target him. 
I think Martin Boyle's obviously injured, so that's not going to be a problem down that right-hand flank, yep. which I think will uh, is a positive, if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure that he's had a he's had a serious injury uh, when yep. he was away with Australia and missed the World Cup on the back of it. So um, I think for, for Rangers' point of view, not having him running at Divine is, is, is a boon, a win. Um, and yeah. I think Rangers can go into this game, Derek, with a lot of confidence. I was there at Ibrox on uh, the weekend, and I thought they were absolutely terrific against what was obviously a side stocked with excellent players. Now, they're way behind in terms of their preparation. They are presumably not taking it all that seriously. No. But Rangers could have won 5-6 against Leverkusen. They, they, they didn't really threaten uh, throughout the game. They had the odd chance, but absolute control was... Uh, the, the the mantra of the day, really, for Rangers. And uh, if they can apply that same level of performance to Hibs, I'm sure that it will be a very, very successful night. I'm glad that it's not Easter Road. I'm glad that it's Ibrox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give Michael Beal a chance to settle in in a, in a slightly more comfortable fashion because, you know, Easter Road would, would have been very, very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, you can start beginning to put the building blocks of a foundation on a platform. And, of course, if you win... There's a wee bit of pressure on Celtic to go up to Pataudry and extend that that lead to nine points. Now, here's the thing. Pataudry for Rangers and Pataudry for Celtic are two separate things. And that's not me being nippy about Aberdeen. It's just historical fact. If you look at it, Celtic just haven't really struggled up there. Whereas Rangers constantly have had issues, drop points, big games... So I would temper expectations on that, but it's still one of the more difficult games in Scottish football. It's still one of the games where points can be dropped and you have to try and put pressure on Celtic. If you don't put pressure on Celtic, you're never going to recover anything in the title race. And yeah. I think the, the least thing Michael Beale should be targeting is to close that gap between now and the end of the season. That would be a real achievement. Yeah. Uh, I've said on here before, um, I, I don't believe that the title is winnable at this stage. Um, because I don't see this Rangers squad being able to win every game. I think Celtic squad can. Um, Rangers under Michael Beale can beat Celtic, no problem with that. Um, but it's the other games that I'm more worried about. And I know Celtic, the way Ange Postacoglu sets up, they'll storm through those other teams. Um, so what I think would be good if, 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 if Beale can just focus on what's directly in front of him, winning each game um, one day at a time and slowly chipping away I still think that would be a success, especially if he can get some joy in the Cups. And uh, if he was to be able to do that, especially if he was able to replicate what Alex McLeish did in his first half season in charge, then I think a lot of uh, Teddy Bears will be going home pretty happy with the season, uh, despite the fact the league hasn't been won. Yeah, he was he was asked about that, how important is it to get a good result in your first game to help make up that that gap. I did enjoy his answer. <laughs> he says it only make up the nine point gap if we win and something happens to the other team. Uh, <laughs> that what you like. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I liked a lot of what Michael Beale was saying uh, yesterday. Let's to get to a few more of the comments uh, coming in. First of all, uh, Origami Dinosaur says I encourage everyone to read Martin Ramsey's article on the website. A great, honest, but still respect Lacan <laughs> and Smith years. Absolutely echo that, uh, Origami. Brilliant. Uh, it's a, a really top piece that Martin's done on the website. What I'll do is um, I'll stick it in the uh, the description uh, uh, box here as well, so you can have a wee read at it at your perusal. But um, yeah, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, a great 
piece of writing. Uh, I do urge you to sit down and have a, a good old uh, read at that one. Yeah, um, get, 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 sit down with your lunch hour, get a cup of coffee, and just spend a wee bit of time going through it because there is no article that has been published anywhere uh, since the change of manager that is better about the context historically and the current situation than Martin Ramsey's piece that we published yesterday. It really does give you a real 360-degree historian's view yeah. of the role itself, how Rangers fans view the manager and what they want from the manager, and what Michael Beale is facing in a larger context than the usual piece that we would write. Um, yeah. it, it was absolutely terrific, and kudos to Martin, because he's, he's absolutely brilliant, and this was another hit straight out of the park, a home run. So, yeah, well done to him, and I hope you all read it because it was terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave Fulton, good friend of the show, gets in touch. I'm not entirely sure what this is. It sounds like farming ter uh, uh, terminology. Uh, morning all, I'm a little late. Uh, in the fitters having new hammer knives fitted to the rear, mounted flail. Any idea what that is? He's got a little uh, tractor emoji there, uh, Johnny. Uh, uh, Dave, can you explain what, 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 what that is for us? But, um, yeah, um, Good to have you. Good to have you listening in anyway uh, on this uh, crisp Thursday morning uh, here uh, in the UK. Now, let's touch on some of the other big takeaways from uh, Michael Beale's press conference uh, yesterday. thought it was very interesting. A few comments coming in as well, Johnny, with regards to his desire to play with two strikers. Uh, Never mind, says, looking forward to seeing two strikers. And David P says, uh, I think we'll see Cholak and Morelos. Beale hinted at two strikers. And we've only really got those two. Well, technically, Tillman and Kent could possibly play up there. Uh, Sakala is another one. Um, however, a lot of people getting excited at the prospect of uh, Cholak and Morelos combining. Um, are we going to see that tonight, Johnny? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm really, really fascinated to see how he's going to line up tonight, Derek, because we'll get a sense of how he's going to go about these type of games. And it certainly sounds like he's he's got the idea to play two up. So I think it could be Cholak and Morelos. I, I have to be honest, I didn't think Morelos was very good against Leverkusen. If that was Beal giving him a chance to, to show him something, mm. I don't think he did. Um, Morelos, on the other hand, was excellent. Now, you know, he's mercurial. <laughs> Alfredo, when he's in the mood, uh, he will turn it on. And, and last... Last weekend, he was he was terrific. Uh, Michael Beale was saying in his comments to the written media, because he's two separate pressers. The one we're at is the, the broadcast yeah. media, and then there's a the written media one that comes out later on. He was saying that um, Alfredo and him are going through a honeymoon period at the moment. So, um, you know, and that's fair. I think he had a honeymoon period with Gio, where it was terrific. Yeah, uh, and you know he's going to have well, a honeymoon period with Michael. Beale. Rangers, Rangers tweeted out a, a video uh, last night, didn't he, of, of Alfie hitting a, 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 a goal in training? So I wonder if that will tell us anything. Yeah, top bin. It was a it yeah. was a strike, but I mean these are ten a penny in training. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know maybe it's a wee hint of things to come. I, I think Morelos will start. I do. Um, whether or not Cholak will start. I'm not sure, but then you, you start to drill into the detail and you say, well, if Cholak doesn't start, who starts? I don't know where Tillman's going to play. Could Tillman play as a sort of as a nine? Is that a possible? Could Will Tillman play as in that number ten role that he was playing against Leverkusen? I'm fascinated. I suspect he will. I suspect Tillman will be behind the strikers, um, and it will be this kind of. Um, uh, 
slightly inverted role where um, Ryan Kent is playing as a as a kind of ten, but when he, when Raiders don't have the ball, he's he's fallen back into a sort of four three three. So it's yeah. it's almost like a um, a four three one two, and then without the ball, it's a four three three. But it depends on the amount of defensive work that Michael Beal wants to task Malik Tillman with. So I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see just how it pans out because I've got to be honest, Derek, based on what, what we saw against Leverkusen and based on what he said about not reading too much into Leverkusen, I'm kind of fascinated to see that what he, he actually does when the, the grist hits the mill and it's a proper intense Scottish Premiership match where he's being absolutely judged on the result. So yeah. there's lots of ways he can he can he can work it out. I mean, Fashion Sakal is another one that we've not mentioned. I think we did a piece on the Rangers Review on the very first day we launched, which I posted on Twitter the other day. It's like an animated video talking about the next evolution of Rangers under Steven Gerrard. And it was this idea of the the front three going from a a three into a one-two with a number 10 and two strikers. And that's why we thought Fashion Sakala was going to be almost a game changer because he, he would be seen as a as a as a striker to to stand alongside Morelos because at Ustende, his previous club, where he had so much success, Sakala was a striker. He wasn't a winger. And he scored a number of goals. So I, I can see Sakala fitting into that. I think he's perfect for that. Uh, all of a sudden he's unlocked. But time will tell. Yeah, time will certainly tell. Um, Let's get to a few of the comments uh, coming in here. Um, Some comments on what the possible formation may be. It'll be interesting to see that. Bill does like two number 10s, as William Burns uh, pointed out. Jim McCarroll says a Christmas tree formation again. Listen, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll all see tonight uh, when the team lines up how Michael Bill will will, will want to um, set them up and and what have you. But uh, listen, I I think everyone's intrigued to see who is going to start in his first uh, competitive match uh, in charge. One player who c- could be close to starting, Johnny, is uh, Alex Lowry. Um, he-, he touched on him yesterday. He, he was speaking about uh, the creative players, if you like, the likes of uh, Tillman Kent uh, and Lowry. Um, he says, that I think young Alex is ripe now. I think he's right there at the stage where he can make a breakthrough. With that comes a lot of responsibility because he's got to dislodge someone that's obviously a little bit older, a little bit more streetwise, if you like, and a little bit more experienced in the league. But I think he's ready. He'll be very close to being in the team tomorrow. Would that be a surprise to see him start the game, Alex Lowry? I think a lot of supporters want to see him given given more game time. Didn't, didn't do too badly on, at the weekend. Listen, it would be a surprise because Malik Tillman is almost certainly going to start. You can tell Michael Beale is a guy who's going to love Malik Tillman. And he scored yeah. two goals. He was absolutely superb in 45 minutes. And I presume he was taken off because it was like, hmm. right, we need you for the well Hibs game. Yeah. Um, so if Tillman's playing, if Kent's playing, where, where'd you play Lowry? So I suppose you could play him as a right 10. So if, as Jim was saying, they go to a Christmas tree formation, they yeah. play the 4-3-2-1. You could play Ryan Kent on the left side of that, Lowry on the right side, and then Morelos up top. Up top, but then that would go against what Bill said about playing with two strikers. So I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to go for this four-three-one-two, and Kent is going to be the one, and the two will be Morelos and Cholak, Morelos and Sakala, depending on who 
has obviously caught Beal's eye in training. We, we just don't know. If it had been Gio, you would say it'd be Manalas and Cholak, but we have no indication of how Michael Beal feels about Antonio Cholak. He's not really been talking about him. He's been talking about Kemar Roof. He's been talking about Morelos. But he, he, he's actually not talked about the guy who's currently the top scorer. So it'll be interesting to see where Cholak sits in a month's time in this Rangers pecking order. Mm. Um, what I do know is, regardless, when it comes to Antonio Cholak, I don't necessarily think he was brought in to be the number one striker at the club. You know, I, I think if Alfredo Morelos was having his usual season, I don't think Antonio Cholak would be playing the level of games that he's been playing. I think he's a really, really good squad option. That was always the, the intention for him. So I don't think people should be like, oh, concerned about uh, Cholak in a situation at the club. I think he's a really, really handy player to come in and play 30 games a season, uh, be that in substitute appearances or be that um, starts. If there was one player you would want against a St Mirren or Ross County, um, it would be Antonio Cholak for me because you know there's a guy, a bit like Chris Boyd back in the day, who's going to be able to rattle in goal after goal if you set him up with chances. And Michael Beale will know that. He'll have watched him in training. We've seen enough of Cholak to know he's a, an exceptional finisher, a sharp shooter, a guy who doesn't maybe contribute as much to the overall game. But when you give him a chance in the box, is deadly. And and that is a really, really important thing to have. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, as uh, Aldo says here, they could play the two number 10s, 4-1-2-3, uh, if Tillman and Lowry is, is a That's 10. That's extremely but... unbalanced against a team with Hibs qualities. I yeah, say. I think the fullbacks are going to be vitally important. Uh, Bill places a lots, of, lots of emphasis on them and, and supporting the attack. I think Tavernier and uh, whoever plays at left back will have uh, an important role to play. Not only just tonight, on that, yep. just on that, Derek Michael Bill talked about red flags, and I, I obviously um, bow down to Joshua's tactical knowledge when it comes to this. Hmm. Michael Bill didn't say specifically what his red flags were, but one of the things Joshua felt that when Leverkusen did break, they were often break, breaking down the side of Tillman, who wasn't doing his defensive duties as diligently as uh, you know, as a Glenn Kamara would have, for example. Um, so he feels like um, that is an element that, that, that will have been highlighted, because you remember back to the Gerard era, when the midfield three were so disciplined, they were so drilled... They were always dropping in and covering for the fullbacks when they went up. If you don't do that, then you leave yourself very, very exposed to the counter-attack. Um, so I'd be surprised, for example, in, in that formation that you just flashed up on the screen. Yeah. With I would describe it as two eights. He's described it as two tens, but it's about having two forward-minded players in the midfield. They also need to be able to do the defensive graft because Hibs are no mugs. They're not uh, positioned highly in the Premiership at the moment, but what they are doing is... If you look at their underlying data, they are probably the third best team in the league. It's just they've they've had a lot of issues with injury and missed chances more than anything else. So they're not as bad as you might think looking at that league. They're not great. I'm not going to say they're good, but uh, they're still threatening enough that if Rangers go completely gung ho, you know, they've, there's there's room to be punished for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get to a couple of the comments. Uh, uh, Dave gives him gives has given me an explanation as to uh, what he what he was meaning earlier on. He says the rear mounted flare is a tractor implement that fastens to the back of the tractor and is used to cut through ground, gorse, bramble, etc. The stuff I'm going through just now is about eight foot tall. Thanks for that uh, explanation, Dave. Uh, that's certainly every day is a school day, as they say. James Strachan, I know he was in in hospital recently, a back operation. I'm sure James says he's now walking with two sticks. So uh, good to see you on the mend. Uh, James and Billy Snowden gets in touch uh, just to rub our uh, uh, rubber noses in it with regards to the temperature. 30 degrees in Cape Town, lads. Hope the JLC heat there's the port up tonight uh, into the Rangers. Uh, wouldn't mind some of that that heat over here, that's for sure. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on and from the press conference, um, Johnny, Michael Beale hinted that uh, this contract situation of Leon King and one other senior player. Now, it's not going to be Ryan Kent. He, he ruled that out. Um, but it's led to a lot of speculation as to who said senior player is. You any any inclination as to who who it could be signing a, a new deal at Rangers? Of course, that the big the big ones at the moment is Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. Other ones that that, that could that could be Yanis Hadji is one I'm, I'm thinking of. Uh, I think he still runs out in about eighteen months. Uh, any others you think that it, it, it could be uh, it could be suggesting? Well, the two most pertinent contract situations on the table at Rangers are obviously Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent, but we know it's it's neither of those. So I think that needs to be put to one side. Past them, Alex Lowry has got two years left at the end of this season and Yanis Hadji has one year left. Yeah. So clearly these are two players that, that need to have their contracts resolved pretty quickly because uh, if you want to sell Yanis Hadji at the end of the season, with a year left, uh, you're not going to get maximum value. And if you want to sell Alex Lowry, uh, you have to sell him at the end of the season to get maximum value. And he's not played enough games to fulfill his potential and get maximum value. So you need to extend both these contracts. I think Yanis Hadji is an obvious one because he's been out injured for, for so long that I don't think he'd be difficult to deal with. He'll want to give himself some security after that kind of period. I think um, he's a very good player. We know that. And listen, touch wood, but he's not got the kind of skill sets that the kind of injury that he's had should really diminish him. Mm. You know, you remember um, Michael Malls, who was who, who was really badly diminished by an ACL because it, it stopped him for twisting and turning. And it took quite a few years for Malls to sort of appreciate that he wasn't going to be the same player and he had to adjust and become a different kind of striker, really. And when he did that, he was still very good and actually played on for, for a good number of years. I think he didn't retire till he was nearly 40, playing at the top level with Feyenoord and Holland. But the penny needed to drop with him. I don't think that's going to be the case with Hadji. I mean, he never had any pace to begin with. And we know ACLs often affect pace and take a yard of pace out of you and certainly affect your twisting and your turning. It's, yeah. it's your knee. So I think Giannis will come back um, the player that he was when he left and, and that's a very very effective player at this level and can contribute a lot so if uh, if it's Hadji I think that's a, that's a great move from the club if it's Lowry I think that's also a great move both are needed and both will become in a stark focus in the summer if they if they don't sign but obviously I think given he's only got a year and a half left Hadji would be the most important one to get done quicker and you can get maybe Lowry done in the summer but I think everyone wants to hear contract news on the two big boys, yeah. Kent and Morelos. I suspect 
one of them will sign. That's certainly the, the mid music that's coming out now. I suspect that that's a possibility. It might not happen. It might go down the wire like it did with Connor Goldson. We'll see. I think there's an element of, of uh, Alfredo Morelos where there's a, there's a debate to be had as to if he's deserving of a new contract. We may see a bounce uh, in him, yeah. uh, a new manager, of course, but certainly someone that has to prove that he's deserving of a new contract. I think it ranges at this moment in time. Um, so, well, you wrote yeah. about that, Derek, and I totally yeah. agree with your column. You know, I, yeah. Chris Jack's writing about it in the Herald today, I think, and yeah. it, I, I completely concur. I, I wouldn't give him a new contract at this stage. No. Uh, if he bangs in the goals for the next three months, I'd consider it. But I just don't think Rangers can anymore be beholden to a guy who's so up and down. Yeah. And who performs based on his mood in the given moment. It's it just takes you away from a baseline level of comfortable performance because when your main man is temperamental, it means you're going to be a temperamental side. And I think we saw that to some extent under Gerard with the European performances vastly uh, better than what they were domestically. And you know that that comes bleeds down from the top. Morelos was probably the biggest defender for that. Yeah. Absolutely sensational against Feyenoord in midweek. You know, average against St Mirren on, on the weekend. It, it it's just the way he's been, and yeah, he's been an unbelievable player for Rangers at his best. What a player! If he could get his head straight and just perform at that level consistently, what a player he'd be! I mean, he would have. No problem, in my view, getting a thirty million pound move to the Premier League. No problem whatsoever. At his very best, physically, mentally, on his on his best, easily. I've seen yeah. him bully players, Derek, at the very top level. I, I mentioned Pepe a couple of weeks ago. I saw him tear Pepe inside and out. So it's not about talent with Alfred Morelos. It's the psychology of the player. Um. And he's been fantastic. There's no doubt about it, even though he's been mercurial. But he's going to demand huge wages to remain. We know that. And that's understandable given the market, given uh, the fact he's coming to the end of his contract. But I just think it's a good time to to call it a day. They paid a million pounds for him. They've had their money's worth. You know, he's a top European goal scorer and he leaves with everyone's good wishes. Uh, I think that's how it's going to pan out. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. What will also be interesting is uh, this uh, comment from Connor Fleming. Uh, Derek, will Porteous play, you think, and get a bad reception from the fans, which will rule out uh, the signing of him? He's not coming to Rangers, uh, uh, Connor, and uh, but it will be interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued to find out what the reception will be from the Hibs fans, Johnny, more than anything else, because, of course, um, they put out that tweet a couple of weeks ago saying he's not signing a new deal. He intends to leave Easter Road. I uh, um, wonder what sort of reception he'll get from, from the visiting fans. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine from that. I don't think um, there's been enough of the Rangers stuff uh, uh, and it's not been sustained enough that the Hibs no. fans will get upset. No. Um, but I may be wrong. I, I think... Well, he, did uh, say, he did say he's the most... Uh, the, his favourite place to play uh, other than Easter Road is Ibrox, didn't he? That, that, that certainly uh, got a few uh, backs help. Um but yeah, I think he's. It'll be interesting to see what reception is is going to get. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I, listen, I don't. As you say, Derek, uh, everything that I've heard is that it's not happening. It's not yeah. someone that Rangers uh, have been seriously looking at. Um, 
So I, I suspect Ryan Portis will find the rest of his career is probably going to be down south. And I, yeah. I'm sure that Portis, if he gets the right manager in the right club, I'm sure he'll do well. I'm sure he'll do really well. I think he's yeah. got a lot more than people give him credit for. I've said it before about the way we kind of underestimate Scottish talent. He's not young anymore. He's he's probably a little bit, to use the Michael Beale parlance, overcooked yeah. in terms of uh, the time he's spent up here in Scotland. But left-sided centre-backs, they, there aren't too many of them. I think he's a good one. And he's one of these guys that could go down in a couple of years. You see him getting a big move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think down south probably the likely destination. Just before we finish up, James Tavernier also spoke uh, yesterday. Some interesting takeaways from from his press conference, saying that he feels more comfortable in, in a Michael Beale side. And he touched on set pieces, Johnny. This will be music to uh, supporters' ears. He says, uh, "We'll always get the blueprints, but it's down to myself to put in a good ball, and it's down to the players in the box to get on the end of it. We've all got a part to play." Harry Harry Watling, his meaning here is in to help with the set pieces, and we're working really hard at it. We're going to come up with new stuff, and it's down to me to put in the perfect balls and the lads to be really committed to attacking it. Malik got on the end of a good one at the weekend, and hopefully that can continue. Um, this is uh, this is good to hear, Johnny, because uh, the set pieces uh, at the end of Gio's tenure were absolutely woeful, <laughs> so uh, they, they can't be any worse than what they were. Yeah, they were rotten, let's be honest. I think, what is it, two, two set piece goals under Gio this season? Um one or two, anyway. Um, so clearly, it was something that needs to be improved. And listen, Rangers have got players that can put the ball in the box. You know, the, the yeah. quality is there. There's, there's a number of them. Borna's got a terrific ping. Tavernier can put a ball in. Uh, Haji, if he's when he's fit, is, is more than capable. Stephen Davis, there's talent coursing throughout that side in terms of the ability to to, to give delivery. So. I think there needs to be a bit of work done in terms of how Rangers show a bit of ingenuity around mm. set plays. Now, I thought, for example, you looked at that set play that Holland did in the very last minute against Argentina. Oh, I think it was in the 110th minute or something like yeah. that. God knows when it was. It was very late in the game. Um, you know, that's a, that's the advantage that doing work and a lot of work on your set pieces can give you. Something that's completely outside the box that befuddles a team. And I'd like to see Rangers do more of that sort of thing because there's the quality there. And sometimes in Scotland, it's about pulling a surprise, pulling a rabbit out of the hat to break yep. teams down. And set pieces is going to be a major part of that. Listen, under Tom Coleshaw, Derek, I thought Rangers set pieces were pretty, pretty good. Yep. And Stephen Gerrard made a point of, of singling it out when a set piece went well. And... Maybe that's sort of confirmation bias because he did that. Then uh, I remember the amount of set pieces that Rangers were scoring. But I don't think there's any doubt that that they looked a much more formidable unit from set plays under the previous regime to yeah. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And that's kind of fell back a bit. So uh, I'm looking forward to that being an aspect that we can start to drill into the detail of on the website, starting to analyse and, yeah. and hopefully there'll be plenty there for us to get stuck into. Yeah, that was certainly a strength of uh, Michael Beale's side at uh, QPR uh, set pieces. So, yeah, hopefully uh, they can improve at Rangers as well. And the comment coming in, we'll just finish on this. Uh, William White says, what about Tav wanting to be a striker? He did touch on that yesterday uh, again, uh, jokingly, of course, but I think he's half serious, uh, Johnny. I, I, I would give him a... 
I, I don't know how you would give him a chance up front. Do you think he could do the business? I know he's, uh, he, his brother uh, is a good forward player and he, he just he's just loves scoring goals, doesn't he, Tav? Um, I don't know if a scenario would uh, present itself, though, where we could see Tavernier playing up front. I don't know, mate. Um, <laughs> listen, his, his brother's a striker. I think Tavernier started out as a striker. Yeah. But you spent your entire professional career playing one position and... You know, you become drilled in that position and you know instinctively where to move. Uh-huh. What runs to make is it's very, very different playing at a professional level out of position. Some players are really adaptable and, and, and are capable of it, and other players struggle with it. You know, Tav might take to it like a duck to water, but I think um, when you've got Cholak and Morelos and Roof, you probably don't need to be turning to your right back no. to, to be playing up front, Derek. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But James, as James Strachan says, golden boot winner in the Europa last That's season, true. of course, from, from right back. So, uh, yeah, listen, uh, whether we see that at one point or not remains to be seen, but he certainly wants to play up front as uh, James Tavernier. Uh, but two cracking press conferences yesterday. Let's hope uh, they can do the talking on the pitch tonight uh, when Rangers take on the Hibs at Ibrox. Uh, that'll do us there, folks. Uh, we'll, we'll have the usual pre-match videos uh, from the ground uh, later on as well as at the post-match reaction Uh, and we'll be back again tomorrow to assess uh, the events of tonight so thanks to everyone for interacting with the show just a reminder Christmas offer get two months worth of content on the website for just one pound head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe to sign up it's dead easy uh, and you won't be disappointed I assure you Um, okay we'll speak to you later on but until then uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday